The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today? Well, today our show is about fundamental rights in the workplace and privacy rights. And we are so thrilled I have this great book right in front of me and you should see the cover here it's got a guy against the wall with you know a surveillance camera right above his head so the name of the book is can they do that retaking our fundamental rights in the workplace and this is by lewis maltby and let me tell you a little bit about lewis he is coming to us all the way from the east coast Lou Maltby has been a major figure in american privacy for over 20 years he's testified before congress appeared on 60 Minutes and Larry King Live. He's participated in litigation before the U.S. Supreme Court and been interviewed by every paper from the Wall Street Journal to Mother Jones. He's a faculty member of Rutgers School of Management and Labor Relations, and his guest he has been a guest lecturer, lecturer at Penn Valdebrot, NYU, that's New York University, and Cornell. And his book, Can They Do It?, Reclaiming Our Fundamental Rights at Work was published by Portfolio Press just last year in 2010. You can find out a lot more about him and his, see his picture in the JPEG of his book at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. And of course, learn much more about the great work that he is doing at workrights.org. Thank you, Lou, for joining us all the way from the East Coast. We sure appreciate it. My pleasure. So, Lou, why don't you tell me, how is it that you wrote this book? I wrote the book because it came to me over years that nobody except lawyers knows what the Constitution really says, and more important, what it doesn't say, and that there are literally 300 million Americans walking around thinking they have rights that they don't have, and someone had to tell them. Yes, so especially in the area of privacy and technology, that is changing so quickly. And, and the laws just have not caught up with the privacy and technology issues in the workplace, for example, right? Absolutely. For example, one of the biggest things I'm concerned about right now is GPS and cell phones. Yes. Maybe your listeners know this already, but if they don't, they need to know that every cell phone made in America today is GPS equipped, and it's very easy and not very expensive for whoever gives you a cell phone, like your boss, to track that phone 24-7, 365. And there are some employers doing it, and there's absolutely no law in the books 
that says that they can't. Another thing that bothers me and, and scares me is we recently had a case out here where an employee was corresponding by email with uh, her attorney. And usually, as you know, the attorney-client privilege has been something that was very sacrosanct. That really would trump anything, that you could not use the attorney-client privilege communications because it was privileged. It was confidential. But a, a recent case found that if it's on the employer's computer and it's on the employer's email address, then you lose that right to privacy, that right to confidential communications between your attorney. So that's that's pretty scary, I think. What about this whole area where I get people who constantly send me emails from their employment email address and I and I tell them right then and there, do not send me, you know, make up a Gmail or make up a Hotmail account and send it from your phone if, you know, if it belongs to you, not from your employer's phone, not from your employer's computer. What do you think about all that? That's the best advice you could give anybody because from a legal standpoint, it's the employer's computer and the law says right or wrong that if it's the employer's computer, your boss can read anything he wants to that goes through it for any reason he wants to. It doesn't have to have a legitimate reason. And they do. And it's real easy for the employer to do it because it's their server. They have easy access. Yes. So you absolutely cannot say anything that you don't want your boss to see on the company computer system, even if you're using your own Yahoo account. Exactly. On the other hand, if you use your cell phone, everything changes. Yeah. From a practical perspective, the employer can't get access to the system. It's not the employer's system. They don't own the towers and the satellites. It's another company. They have to go ask the other company for permission to get anything. Any other company will probably say no because there's a federal law called the Stored Communications Act that says that in a situation like that, the person who made the communication has to give their consent, and that would be you. And you're not going to give consent. So it's not perhaps absolutely safe, but it's very clear that if you have something that you don't want your boss to be eavesdropping on, use your cell phone. Do not use your office computer. And, you know, a lot of companies I know, like I have uh, friends that work for major companies, and they issue them an iPhone, for example. So what about that area? If you're issued the iPhone, in other words, it belongs to your employer. They give you that cell phone because they want you to be available to them 24-7. Does that change the situation? No. If you store something in the iPhone that you hold in your hand and you got it from your boss, yes, your boss can see that. But anything else is not in the phone. It's in a huge computer someplace that belongs to Verizon or whoever your carrier is, your employer doesn't have access to that system, and they probably can't get access. So, so what is the worst threat to privacy from your boss, do you think? Oh, my Lord. It's like, how do I love thee? Let me count the ways. <laughs> if I had to pick one, and it's not easy, I would probably pick webcams. Oh because a very large percentage of laptops issued today have a webcam. They right. don't all have a webcam, but many of them do. 
webcams can be activated remotely. Mm. And there's absolutely no reason why your boss or more likely some techie down in IT you don't even know can't turn on the webcam in your PC anytime he wants to. And, and if you happen to have that PC in your bedroom, that techie's going to have a whole lot of fun, and you'll never even know it happened. So in other words, if your, if your employer issues you a laptop for work, okay, and you can get in on the intranet, and you have that laptop in your kitchen or in your bedroom, that basically the IT person from work can turn on that webcam and see you cooking or see you cooking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's happened. Most of the time, you would never know. But we do know of one situation in suburban Philadelphia where the school district gave all the students laptops, a very rich school district. Yes, I remember. And somebody in the IT department turned on 2,000 webcams, Mm. most of which were in students' homes and many of which were in students' bedrooms remotely. Mm. And they only found out about it by accident. So it... It does happen. So do we need a law that says that 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 is illegal to do, or do we just need to have a way that these computers cannot be turned on remotely without consent? We need a law. There hasn't been a significant privacy law passed in the United States since 1986, Mm. and it only applies to oral communication. There's, when it comes to written communication, there's virtually nothing. Wow. And Congress has just been asleep at the switch, and every time someone like us tries to get anything passed, the Chamber of Commerce and other business groups think the sky is falling or claim the sky is falling, and Congress gets scared and nothing happens. Yeah, unless something happened to a congressman <laughs> or that a senator, help. you know, that, that seems to but help. It, but it's really, it's, it's our fault, really. Congress does what they're supposed to do. They look at their mail. And when the average member of Congress opens their mail, they get mail about a lot of subjects, health care, foreign policy, the war in Iraq. They don't get any mail about privacy. Well, Literally Luda- none. Yeah. And so... You can't really blame Congress for not taking action on an issue that nobody writes about. But, Lou, don't you think it's because the average consumer doesn't really understand all these things that are happening? It's not transparent. It's like you said, this this uh, video can be turned on on my laptop without my knowledge. I mean, if it's without my knowledge, how many people are even aware of this? We need to have more things like this on 60 Minutes so people go, oh my gosh, I didn't have any idea that this was happening. So, I mean, I I really hate to blame the consumer when the consumer, it's not transparent for the consumer. They don't understand it. They don't get it. They don't think it applies to them. Well, that's true. It clearly is not transparent. And in fact, there's been some surveys done of employees asking them what they think their boss does. They know that their boss has got that screen on their computer that says we reserve the right to monitor, but it doesn't say what the employer actually does. And when employees were polled, they said, well, it means that if there's 
a work-related message and I'm on vacation or otherwise not available, my boss has the right to go in and, and see it. And, That's and, not how and, it works at all. Yeah. What really happens is all those 20-somethings down in IT are sitting around when they're eating their lunch reading your email for fun. That's what really happens. Mm. And people don't know it. People assume that their boss is being more reasonable than the company really is. And that is one reason why people don't complain, because they don't know what's really happening to them. They don't know what's happening. And also, they may be afraid to complain, because nowadays, with the economy as, as, as it is, they don't want to be fired if they complain. And they well, don't... that's true. You don't want to complain to your boss unless you are really sure that you have the right kind of relationship with your boss. But your boss isn't going to know if you send a letter to your congressman. But it is so easy to write your congressman now. It used to actually take a fair amount of time. You had to get a pencil and sharpen it. and You had to find a stamp. It was, it was kind of a pain. Right. Every congressman in America or congresswoman has got a, a website. You can log on in 30 seconds, and there's a place where you can type a message in 30 seconds more. You can tell your congressman what's on your mind in less than a minute. Let me ask you something, Lou. On your website, can they get like a sample letter and then have it go right through to their congressman? Did you set up something like that? We're working on it. We don't have it yet, but we will have it. You know why I say that? Because I know uh, Consumer, not Consumer Federation of America, it's a Consumers Union. When they were working on financial privacy, they set up this website that you can go and you can pick out your state and then you use their form letter and you can add what you want and put your name and put your email address and right through that website you send it so you can right. say we the want web, financial privacy software that knows who your congressman is even if you don't right right and they can send it not just to con you know your the the not just congress but to the senate as well right and and so that's kind of neat because some wonderful organization like yours really has the, you know, you have the savvy, you have the know-how, and you have the understanding of what needs to be put into these letters. The problem is, is they don't understand. They just know that it doesn't feel right. They don't know their rights, and they don't know what they can do about it or what they should say. That's true. And uh, it's like everything else. Everything costs money, and that software costs money, and I know. To pay for it, I we're going to have point-and-click letters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think that would be real, real helpful because then p- people could be told this is available for you. It takes two seconds, and mm-hmm. just send this. No point-and-click letters. My job is to give your listeners point-and-click letters. Yeah. Then it's their job to use it. Exactly, and and we will definitely help them to do that. So let's talk a little bit. Now, you, you were just saying that we really have very little uh, in, the, in the area of legal protection, and I think a lot of it is because the technology and the privacy invasions have been at lightning speed, and you know how fast laws get changed. You know, my state is probably better than, than many in terms of privacy legislation, but even us, we can't keep up with it. It took us 18 years to get Congress to pass a law saying that a company couldn't refuse to hire you because you're carrying one of the genes linked to breast cancer. Right. 18 years. Yep, yep. And and we still have where someone can deny you um, a job based on your credit report, even if your credit report has nothing to do with your employment. And 
you know, and it doesn't take into consideration maybe that if you had big medical expenses because somebody in your family had cancer, right? So there those those challenges that, as well. That's a huge problem. I I used to run an HR department myself in a previous career. So I I understand employers sometimes have to do things that maybe employees would rather they don't do. But I can't imagine why most employers think a credit report is of any use. What what does it tell you? Someone didn't pay their bills on time. Why? Are they a deadbeat? Maybe. Um, do they have problems handling money? Could be. Or maybe they just lost their job and didn't have any money to pay their bills. Right. Or maybe they no had a major... why they didn't pay their yeah. bills. And, and, you know, the United States Public Interest Research Group found that a lot of those people who had a terrible situation with their credit report had to do with some major illness that, sure. that they had to put everything on their credit. So, you know, unless it's something to do, I mean, the only thing I can think of is if you're going to be handling a lot of money in a bank, maybe that is, there's maybe. some, you know, but, but if but you're, but yeah, if you're going to be. bad credit aren't dishonest. Right. They but, either they either got, lost their job and didn't have any money to pay their bills, or they don't handle money well. Yes. And if I were hiring somebody who was going to be a corporate vice president with a $23 million a year budget, I might be nervous if he couldn't balance his own personal checkbook. Exactly. But how many jobs are there that devolve discretionary spending of money where someone has to be able to stick to a budget? Exactly. Please. Exactly. There might be 5%, maybe, of all jobs in America where a credit report is relevant, but there are millions of employers looking at them every year, and they're making appointment decisions based on them. Yeah, it just it just doesn't seem fair. We're speaking with Lou Malpe, who is wonderful author of Can They Do That? Retaking Our Fundamental Rights in the Workplace. And he is also a... Um, a major figure in American privacy for over 20 years. And you can find out a lot more about him at workrights.org. And you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank, the host of Privacy Piracy. So we were just talking uh, about, you know, the credit reports and how about employers using social networking? Does that worry you, Lou? It does. But before we leave credit reports, let okay. me tell your listeners one thing. If you haven't gotten a copy of your credit report recently, do it. You can get a copy. You can get one for free. And if there's anything wrong, you can get it fixed. It's not as easy as it ought to be, but you can get it corrected. Yes, and you don't can go it, to... Don't leave it sitting there like a time bomb waiting for it to cost you a job because when you go to apply for a job... If they don't hire you because your credit score is bad, even if the company tells you, which they won't, right, <laughs> you won't be able to fix it in time. By the time you get it fixed, they'll have hired somebody else. So be proactive. Take the initiative. Get your credit report. And if it's wrong, get it corrected. And you can get that at annualcreditreport.com. Make sure that's the one you use because that is free. That was the one set up. Uh, with the Federal Trade Commission's, uh, you know, overview, and you can get one from each of the credit reports once a year. So that's three free credit reports that you can get per year. You know, also, when we're talking about getting your background check, you can also get a free background check at Choice 
trust.com. And that's important too. I, I, I usually tell people, Lou, to, when I'm worried about if they've been victims of identity theft, I, I want them to get their own background checks to see if there's anything criminal that's maybe the, the identity thief also committed crimes or did something else in their name that would crop up in a background check. So don't you think it's important also for them to get a background check on Absolutely. themselves before they go for a Absolutely. job interview? Yeah. Because employers are looking at criminal records, too. And yeah. if you've got a criminal record, there's a very good chance you're not going to get that job. And the least you can do is to find out what's in there, and if it's wrong, get it fixed. Um, and that's not so easy either. It's right for employers to have these overly broad policies against hiring people who did something wrong once upon a time. But at a minimum, you want to make sure that there's no bogus information going to your potential boss. Yeah, so, yeah. And those records are, you know, records are imperfect, and criminal records are more imperfect than some. There and, are mistakes. Yeah, and, and I see identity thieves. You know, I've had to help plenty of people who had criminal records that it was really their thief who did that to them. And even if you're not a victim of identity theft. There's errors. You know, even if your name is Louis Lathrop Maltby, yeah. there's somebody else in the country who has the same name as you. Exactly. If you have a slightly less weird name than mine, right. there's probably 100 people who have the same name as you. If one of them commits a crime, your boss could end up thinking that was you. Exactly. So let's talk about the social networking, because here we are sitting on the campus of the University of California, Irvine. Everybody's on Facebook. I mean, I'm on Facebook, but I have I'm very, very, very careful what I do on Facebook. But, you know, everybody's on Facebook or LinkedIn or MySpace or whatever it is that they're out there. And what about the employer? What kind of laws do we have that protect that information from employers? In most states, none. And you asked me before, what's the thing that concerns me most about privacy? What concerns me the most about the employment world overall is social networking. Yeah. People hang out on social network sites. That's what they're for. You know, you kick back and you just, you're with your friends and your friends' friends and you're yourself. And for reasons I still do not understand, employers more and more are going to social network sites, and when they see you doing something foolish, not illegal, not immoral, just you're making an ass of yourself. Right, right. They hold it against you. Yeah. And I, I have asked many employers, why do you care? Why do you care that somebody got a little tipsy at a party and was dancing on a tabletop? Why does that make a bad employee? And I never get a straight answer, but... It doesn't mean that employers aren't going to bounce your resume because they have they saw a picture on a social networking site of you doing what people do at parties. Right. But, you know, nowadays what people do at parties, anybody can click with their cell phone and put it up on YouTube or whatever else they want to do. So, you know, the, the problem is, is that an employer sees that and says, gee, um, how might they embarrass my my my? Uh, workplace like we've seen with what I forgot which airlines that was where the woman was remember that she she had uh, been fired because of what she had done with the airlines taking pictures in compromising kind of ways on the airplane well I could understand why the airline was a little concerned about yeah that one. yeah 
But, well, that's what they're thinking, that if they do that now and they're not careful at parties, what might they do when I hire them? Well, if I were talking to an employer, the first thing I would say is, didn't you do exactly what's in this picture yourself at a party oh, at many times in your life? And the boss would say, well, sure. Yeah. And But the light doesn't go on. No. And, and there's two things here. At a, at a very personal level, the only thing you can do is, if you're going to be yourself on the Internet, use a password-protected site. Right. It's not that safe. It's not that hard for your boss to get your password. Right. You know, if, you're, if your boss friends one of your friends alt and gets a positive response, he can't see your Facebook site, but he can see everything you post on your friend's Facebook wall. Yes. And that could get you in trouble. But um, don't do anything you wouldn't want your boss to see on a site that's not password protected. It's very, very dangerous. And even if it's password protected, I just wouldn't trust that. No, you can't rely on the password protection. But if you do anything foolish or silly on a non-password protected site, the minute your boss Googles you, and someday he will, that's going to pop up and you're going to get fired. Yes, and that's another good thing to do is to Google yourself and see what is really out there because somebody could put something up there about you that you just can't believe is up there. You know, that's that true. It, you, know, so, you never know what your friend's going to do with a cell phone. And if you Google yourself and you find this picture of you doing something you wouldn't do in the office right. on a and it's on a friend's site, you can call your friend and say, for God's sake, will you please take that picture down before my boss sees it? Exactly. And exactly. you should do that. Yeah. And and if they're a, an ex-friend, you might want to just contact the, <laughs> the website itself and say, take this down and, and try and get that to be taken down. Because say, you know, you, you didn't authorize to be, that to be put up and you want that taken down. Because sometimes right. ex-friends will do things to you. They will. Now, well, from a legal perspective... What yeah. the law really ought to say is that what you do on your own time, away from work, is none of your boss's business, and it should be illegal to fire somebody for something that has no relationship to their job. Exactly. Now, the California law is relatively close to that. Mm-hmm. And there are four other states that have laws that are relatively close to that. But in the other 45 states, you know, your boss sees you rooting for the wrong football team, you can get fired. Yes. There actually was somebody who got fired for rooting for the wrong football team. Yeah, and I think we're better off getting a lot of state laws because by the time we try to get it at a federal law, we're, we're better off doing it at the state level and, and just doing that movement. That's my experience at Most least. Most of these things trickle up. Yeah. We only have about another minute or so. I'd like you to give some suggestions to those people who are looking for a job or looking for a promotion and, or just, you know, don't want to get fired. Can you give us some ideas and then we'll send everybody to your website at workrights.org? Well, the one thing I tell people who are looking for a job that I wish I didn't have to tell people is your boss is checking you out very thoroughly before they make the commitment to offer you the job. Why aren't you checking the company out? Mm. Today, it's easy to find information about anyone or any company. 
Yes. Uh, before you decide to take that job offer, if you have any choice in the matter, find out what kind of a company this is to work for. Not all companies are the same. Yes. And see what you can find out about their, their handbook and their policies before you go there, too. That's probably another good thing. Well, and if, if you live in the same town, you probably know someone who works there. Go talk to them. They'll tell you what it's really like. Exactly. You know, you can't, if, they, you know, if they live in California and you're in Philadelphia, there's not much you can do. But uh, I've always been stunned at how many people take jobs at a company, even when they have two offers, without finding out what kind of company it is. Company A pays you $1,000 more than company B. You take the higher offer and then find out later a new company is a monster. Exactly. And and find out about yourself, you know, do a, do a whole, see what's up on, on your social networking pages, see what's on your credit report, see what's on your background check. Find out what's up out there about you yeah. before your boss does. Exactly. And fix it if you can. Exactly. Well, thank you so much. Why don't we, I want everyone to know that they can go and get this book, Can They Do That? Retaking Our Fundamental Rights in the Workplace. And Lou, why don't you just give your website and then we're going to have to go www.workrights.org. Well, we're going to be watching all the wonderful things that you're doing, and we're going to send people to your website. So when you get those form letters out there to send to their Congress people, then um, then we, we can send them to you so you can help them to get some legislation passed. We're working on it. All right, Lou, thank you so much. You're wonderful. Keep My up pleasure. the great work. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. right here on KUCI and visit our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy and see our upcoming guests, download podcasts, and write us about what's important to you. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.